This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank not. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these two uh, Wednesdays. Sean Bolson uh, joining us uh, as well. And and uh, well, Sean, you're finishing up a little vacation down there in Florida. Got a chance to play a little golf and some sun. You're going to come back here to overcast and fog <laughs> as you come back yeah. tomorrow. It's been really strange weather up here. Yeah, I'm ready to get back. It's it's been super duper. Absolutely love it. But uh, ready to come home and and uh, yeah, I heard it's. You know, the interesting thing is on New Year's Eve, one of the big things uh, growing up in Spicer. People have fish houses out. You go and you fish all day, and you you have a little party, you know, on these big new fancy fish houses. And and now uh, I guess there's waves rolling in on to shore. So, <laughs> right. so uh, yeah. it's going to be a little bit different year that, <clears throat> this year. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's it, and it's hard to build an ice castle when there is no ice to be found uh, as well. Now I know they do that later in the winter and hope that the ice will be formed by then. But yeah, we've. It's been really a strange uh, December. I think they said the warmest December on record in the state of Minnesota. Records go back to like the mid-1880s or something like that. But, but yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, not quite like uh, the, the sunny shores uh, down there in the Florida area, but nonetheless, it won't be cold initially when you get back. Yeah, kind of gloomy. And, you know, I, yep. my, my take is this. If, it, if you can't do anything outside, I'd rather have white snow and, a, and a winter then just brown, gloomy, and gets dark really early, and and you know. But at least we're past the solstice, so we're actually gaining minutes, yes. which is a very exciting time. But <laughs> when it's just gloomy, dark, windy, wet, cold, no snow, I'd rather have snow. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, absolutely cleans everything up, nice and white. Uh, it was strange to not have it on Christmas this year, so. Uh, maybe by uh, January sometime we'll finally get some snow. Hey, you know, you speak about dark and gloomy. <sighs> That's the Vikings injury Viking. picture. Yeah. Uh, you know, you lose TJ Hawkinson. That's such a big loss. And and DJ Wanham having a breakout year. He's done for the year. Been a tough year for injuries for the Vikes. It has been a tough year. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you think about all these teams have injuries. But you look at Detroit, who did sneak one out. I mean, our uh, you know, you have to say, um, you and I have had our cousin's conversations forever mm-hmm. and ever, but you just look at the drop-off from oh. where he's at to where we're at now, and, and you know, it, it, it's unbelievable. We're still in the playoff race, mm-hmm. but if even if we make it, wh- who, who are we going to go to? Yeah, You know, Mullins has proven, I mean, Dobbs at least can run a little bit. Mullins can make some NFL throws. At this point, I don't know why we're not just saying, hey, we're going to ride it out with Hall because these two guys that we've just seen are not our future. No. And a matter of fact, I don't even think they're qualified backups at this point because when I look at these guys that are stepping in for Cincinnati, for some of these other teams, there's better backup. Joe Flacco, yeah. you know, leading the Browns. Uh, th- these guys aren't, aren't great backups. At this point, I turn to Hall. I say, hey, you got two games, show us what you can do because you did spend a decent draft pick on them. I do think. If he can show you some promise, you know, he could be your backup going forward. But, man, they're just in a rough spot now, and the injuries have just compounded it. Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you. I think Hall should play uh, these last two games, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with, with Mullins and Dobbs have both shown that they probably aren't on the roster at all uh, next year. No. 
although they've carried Mullins now for two years, so he was kind of an O'Connell guy uh, that he brought in. But he's a great guy as long as he doesn't have to play. And that's not really the backup quarterback that you want. You want him to be a great guy and a team guy because they're not going to play. You know, if they're behind Kirk Cousins, a lot of times they don't play at all. Uh, but it, that didn't turn out to be uh, the case this year. They need to be able to come in and play. So then, you know, you mentioned Flacco, and he was available when the Vikings went for Dobbs. Uh, I, they must have thought they wanted a little more mobility uh, with the quarterback since he was going to be coming in learning a, a completely new system. Um, but, but boy, Flacco has a big-time arm, and he's still throwing that for Cleveland. He's still throwing picks, which is why he didn't have a job at the start of the year. But i got to believe that Flacco would have been better than what we wound up with. Yeah, he is. I, You know, the one that still blows my mind is thinking that we wouldn't have given – you know, we could have gotten Trey Lance for a fourth round or two. Yeah. You know, and just giving him a chance. I, I just look at these guys we're running out now and how they're performing, and I'm thinking there's <laughs> – there's got to be better people out there, but obviously, you know, um, with the direction we had, that that's all that was available. But, yeah, um, not impressive. You know, at this point, I'm not a guy who they say, you know, try to tank. I don't think we have to try to tank. I think we're that bad right now. Yeah, I agree. And if you take Hawkinson out, too, now, and, I mean, where, where are you going to go? They double J.J., and, you know, you got – you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I see us uh, at this point, I don't really see us winning the last two games. But in the Vikings future, or uh, in the past, this is when we won a couple games and we hurt ourselves with draft picks <laughs> right. and we end up going nowhere. Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's, that's so true. Uh, what I think the Packers are slight favorites uh, uh, this weekend by like two points or something like that. I thought it might be bigger. But you look at the Packers and you look at Jordan Love and you're not sure they have their quarterback of the future either. No, he shows up some weeks and he looks really good and then he shows up the next week and you're like, boy, I don't think this is who it is moving forward. So, I don't know, the quarterback injuries, the uh, Achilles injuries around the league, it's just been a year of injuries around the league and and some of the teams that were able to have good backups in place are the ones that are still standing tall and strong. Yep. The uh, Vikings got flagged for a roughing the passer penalty at a kind of a crucial time uh, in the game on Saturday, and it, and it wound up leading to a score, and, and it, it, it looked like a, a bump, uh, you know, but the Vikings were benefit of a call like that earlier. The NFL has a real problem, right? They need to keep their quarterbacks healthy, uh, so then they signal defensive penalties a lot more. Uh, but the fans watch that and go, it's not really football. It's a tough spot they're in. You want to protect the quarterback, but at the same time, you have to protect the integrity of the game. And hitting the quarterback is central to both of those things trying to come true, yet they are in opposite uh, of each other. It's, it's not easy to figure out the rules, I'm sure, for some of these officials when they're out there trying to call it. Well, and I lo- I just simply look at these defensive guys that are oh. having to go a thousand miles an hour to try to get around the three hundred you know thirty pound tackle that can move, yep. and you you have all your momentum going around to beat the guy, and all of a sudden you come to the quarterback, you hit him, and they call a penalty. Like yep. what are they supposed to do? Yep. But yet, when it's your quarterback getting hit, you're like, hey, you got to protect him. So I mean, it is a two way street, but um, I wouldn't want to be a you know a D tackle or a linebacker, you know constantly having to give everything you have to bust through the line and to get to the quarterback to touch him and it's a penalty. Yeah. You know? But I don't know what 
I understand the going low and going to the head, but some of these have just been bumps to the chest. I know. Called, so. Yeah, and there's no contact above the shoulders or below the waist, and they're still getting yep. penalties uh, called on them. I think it was Jones that got this particular one um, for the Vikings. But like I said, they benefited uh, from one of those calls as well. So, but and, and despite all the rules that have been put in place to protect the QBs, look how many quarterbacks have been lost for the season. I think there's five starters uh, now lost for the season for some time now uh, with huge injuries and so many others that miss at least a portion of the time. You know, the Vikings have gotten away in the Cousins era with not spending any money on their backup quarterback because they never needed him. And it finally came back to bite them uh, this year. Maybe in the future, they'll have a little more investment in that backup QB spot. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, and what do you do? I mean, it's a tricky spot. You yep. want to have somebody that's good enough to play, but the guys that are generally good enough to play, they're not playing for a reason. So no. you have to be careful. It's a mixed bag of tricks what you're going to get with the backup. But this year we've seen uh, you're going to need them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, and Hawkinson takes a hit on the knee. And I thought they were trying to get that out of the game uh, as well. Now, I realize it's hard to get a 6'5", 250-pound guy on the ground if you aren't hitting him low and taking out his legs. But, boy, that hit by the Lions' uh, safety he had several steps to line it up after Hawkinson caught the ball. He turns, he looks upfield. He takes, uh, I think, two strides, and bang, there's the safety right on his knee. Uh, and that's led directly to the injury. I wish, you know, I, I shouldn't say I wish they'd legislate that out because you got to get him down somehow. But, boy, that was a dangerous hit. I thought it was a dangerous hit. And, yeah. you know, I thought it was a cheap hit. I did too. Um, you know, you, you don't have to go to the head to try to knock him out. But, I mean, that's just a cheap hit, and I don't know which safety this is, but you know, I had read a, a deal on Twitter about um, them. One of their safeties tried to, you know, essentially they said try to concuss Addison earlier in the year, also, or, uh, no, earlier in the game. Okay. And so, and has had a history of hits. I mean, there's no room for that. This guy, if if you're turned and you're coming and you go helmet to somebody's knee, yep. that's what's going to happen. So I don't know. I just think that's a that's a that's a bad 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 hit. And I think you know they should take that out of the game because yep. we've seen that hit a couple times. And and now you look at Hawkinson. I mean, done for the year. You know, hopefully back by camp. It can it can affect a player's career. There's nothing. Correct. I I mean, sure they have great knee surgeons uh, these days. They've done so many of them on NFL players, but. There's no guarantee that he comes back at full health uh, from the knee injury, so it, it certainly can be career-altering. We hope yeah, that it isn't. But, um, yeah. you know, so in the future for the Vikings, uh, you know, bring Cousins back and draft a guy, is that uh, kind of – I'd still like to see him take a shot if they get a high enough pick at a first-round quarterback. There's so many good ones available this year, five or six that have first-round grades by most people. At the same time, I want to see Cousins come back because you might not get Jefferson to re-up on his contract if he isn't catching passes from Kirk Cousins again. Yeah, I did see that interview. Jefferson really is lobbying for Cousins. Now, if we lose the last two, depending on what the Bears do, I did see that we're able to slide actually all the way up to the fifth spot. Wow. So if you could get something even in the top 12, Yep. You know, which if we miss the playoffs, I mean, I think we're going to be somewhere in there. Yep. You know, there are some decent quarterbacks this year. It'll be interesting to see who comes out and how that all works. But, um, 
you know, to find a big-time quarterback would, I mean, would be huge. You know, I'm even looking in Tennessee right now, this Will Levis. Mm-hmm. You know, they took him, you know, I think that was towards the end of the first round. First and pick of the turned, second you know, round, actually. Was that first pick yep. of the second round? Yep. And he's turned out to be a good quarterback. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of having guys that are seeing and looking at the right stuff that are able to uh, pick out the talent. But this year there does seem to be some quarterbacks uh, that are going to be available. And, yeah. uh, you know, that could be really exciting for us. Yeah, there's there's uh, all kinds of great quarterbacks available, and as you said, if they move up higher, I think that if the, I think there's so many teams that are seven and eight, that if you uh, lose and go to seven and nine, you could have four teams move ahead of you uh, in the standings uh, or get better in your draft picks. So there's a yeah. lot of movement yet uh, in the standings. That's for sure. What and you're still going to want to sign Cousins to a couple year deal, yep. in my opinion, yep. to uh, to let somebody grow underneath them, right? Which is a big deal. Yep, and so. Uh, you know, we got options. Um, you know, I think having Kirk back, team loves him. Character-wise, great guy. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think I, I draft somebody and I, and I sign him. You went to an NFL game here when you were down in Florida, didn't you? Yeah, I went to a Dolphins-Jets game, and I went to a Tampa Bay-Jacksonville Jaguar game. Nice. How, was the, how were the, the venues? Venues are great. Miami has a really, really good team. Uh, Tua, uh, you know, played very, very well. The game I was at, Tyreek was out. Tyreek Hill. Um, I will tell you that Baker Mayfield this last Sunday looked just incredible. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, my guy, yeah. one of my favorites, was awful. Yeah. And Mayfield looked just incredible. And so, uh, you know, the the Tampa Bay is flying on cloud nine right now. You know, they're looking to win the division. They have the Saints at home this week, and so it was fun to go to that venue. Um, which is a, a very fun venue, the yep. uh, Raymond James Stadium. But, yeah, it's always fun for me, you know, being a, such a big football guy to get yep. to see other stadiums is pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. That would be uh, certainly a lot of fun, that's for sure. Uh, the Timberwolves uh, continue to roll. They got beat last night yep. by Oklahoma City, but 22-7 and seven is the best record in the Western Conference. Last night against, uh, uh, you know, OKC was really the first time we saw their defense get kind of taken apart. Uh, because Oklahoma City was just on fire uh, during the course yeah. of the game. But overall, boy, the Wolves have, this is what uh, Tim Connolly envisioned when he made the trade for Rudy Gobert. He didn't envision at that time that he was also going to need Mike Connolly uh, to come over to make the it complete. But, but then when he added that, you know, this is the team they were looking for. To me, the window is open for the Timberwolves right now uh, to make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, we're, I mean, we're, we're still... First part of the season, uh, so obviously a lot can happen. But boy, they have themselves in a spot to really look good and to and to finally make some noise. And so it's not a you know we we've fallen victim in Minnesota to being you know whether it's the Wild Timberwolves or Vikings. You know at times we we get in that eight spot. We we're seven, then we're eight, then yeah. we're seven, then we're eight, then we're ten with the plan. You know the Timberwolves have taken that next step this year, which is really fun to see because. You know, they have a very talented team, and they've kind of reined Towns in, which is something you and I have called for for quite a while. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're fun to watch, and they're very athletic. I think Mike Conley has had a big effect on the um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and his, and his mood swings that he goes through during the course of the game. I think Conley is out there really as a calming influence for everybody with his veteran leadership. He still needs to try and 
get Anthony Edwards to not decide it's hero ball time in the fourth quarter quite as often as he does. Now, I know Edwards is their best offensive player for creating shots, but I don't like it when he gets the ball and there's 18 on the shot clock and he dribbles it down to four and then shoots a fadeaway three or or uh, dribbles into the basketball is heavily guarded and and he misses a lot of shots at the rim. Now, I'm I'm nitpicking a little on Anthony Edwards. Clearly he's a star who's uh, still ascending. Um but there's maturity to come yet in his game too. Yeah, there is. And and you know, I think we could say that about a lot of them. Yeah. But uh Gobert playing at a high level. Uh you know, Collins playing at a high level and Edwards is a superstar, but he's got to figure out that difference between when am I when am I going to create for others, or do I create for others, or do I only create for myself, mm-hmm. especially in crunch time? So we complained about Garnett back in the day that he didn't want to take the shots on his own. Yep. So you can go one way or other. But there's a fine line where, you know what, we're going to try to do this, we're going to try to do that. You know, I, th- I think they're in a good spot, and they're going to continue to grow over the year, and I think they're going to have a have a, a great rest of the year. Yeah, definitely in a great spot, and and then once they get to the playoffs. And for the Wild and Wolves, it really is about the postseason. Prove it in the postseason, especially for the Wild, because they've made it so many years in a row and haven't had a lot of success. But they need to, you know, and I don't know if this is the year. Really, for the Wild, we're kind of looking toward the future still with all their salary cap uh, issues. But, But if they can, you know, get into the playoffs and win a series. But right now, though, the Wild, Sean, are a little ways out of a playoff spot. They are, and you know what? They show a little – you see Kaprizov get a couple goals here, and you're like, okay, here we go. You know, they had the coaching change. They got on a little bit of a run, but they're not where they need to be. I think we all know that. And so, you know, we're going to have to get through this year, and if you do sneak in the playoff spot, great. If not, well, I can't say I'm shocked. Yeah. And you try to take advantage of the draft. So um, this year's not turning out how – you know, especially in Minnesota, hockey fans, you want to succeed every single year. It's not going to happen, especially when you're strapped like we are. But, hey, we're getting closer to that uh, salary cap constraints being up. Yep, that's, that's all right. we can ask. That's right. Hey, uh, the uh, Gophers, winners in their bowl game, and, you know, they go 5-7 yeah. and seven, but get the bowl game. But that's still good for the program. I enjoyed watching the game yesterday. I thought it was interesting watching Cole Kramer play QB uh, and start for the first time uh, in his life. I enjoyed the football game. I don't care that even with a win, they're still 6-7. and seven. I'm, I'm fine with that. Any time on national TV is good time. It is a good time. Um, I think recruiting with, this, with the transfer portal, uh, you know, and, and these kids leaving and the amount of dollars these kids are getting to go other places, uh, it's going to be really hard for the Gophers to compete, yep. period, going forward. And so when you have a story of, what, a Minnesota kid starting at quarterback, leading them to a bowl win, I mean, maybe you keep the, you know, a couple of the in-state Minnesota guys, you know, and it, it's just it's a matter of recruiting and it's a matter of that extra month of practice. You got the extra month of practice – I don't know that anybody watching that game goes, geez, you know what, now I want to be a golfer. But <laughs> it doesn't hurt to win your bowl game. It doesn't hurt to have a little exposure. That's right. Hey, Sean, thanks so much. Safe travels on your way home. Thanks, Todd. Have a good day. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.